Podcasting live from better. This is the Playbook Podcast providing you with tips, hacks, and game plans to take your business further, faster. Hear from top leaders in our growing community and gain mind-blowing inspiration and tools to optimize your business, drive growth, and promote pursuing better. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Playbook Podcast. Keep proving it every single day. Everybody, good morning. My name is Natalie Kilborn. I am joined by none other than my friend Mitch Newman, and we are super excited to be hanging out with you guys for a few minutes today talking about one of our very favorite subjects. We're going to be talking about AQ and EQ today. We're going to give you all the details, but before we do, uh, let's introduce ourselves really quick. Uh, like I said, my name is Natalie Kilborn. I live in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Mitch would call it the middle of nowhere, but it's a pretty cool place. I live here with my husband, Corey Kilborn. He's a pilot for Delta, and we have two daughters. Maddie is a sophomore in college, and Jenna is a sophomore in high school. Uh, it's crazy. We've been with Prove It for, I was just thinking, Mitch, it'll be five years in October. Time flies crazy. So we've been with Prove It for five years. We uh, got to help really uh, launch and develop and work on a lot of the systems that everybody is using today. It's been the most amazing journey filled with the coolest people. I've learned so much about not only myself inside of the conversation, but just the ketone conversation, helping people uh, become the best versions of themselves in business, in their health, and their life. So we love Prove It. We have been uh, a Prove It couple for five years now and um, we're super super excited so uh, Mitch you want to introduce yourself absolutely uh, super excited to be here with everybody today uh, my name is Mitch Newman for those of you who don't know me I am uh, I guess a little bit more of an elder statesman at this point than Natalie uh, I celebrated in July my fifth year improve it uh, starting off uh, with one flavor one video very little product but so much enthusiasm, significant amount of enthusiasm that so many of us had in the beginning days that knew that we were onto something, knew that we were onto something really, really special. Um, and it's been a great journey. It's a great journey. And, and in many ways, we're, we're just really scratching the surface of what we're capable of. And, and Playbook, this, this particular training that Natalie and I are going to do, is part of a, a larger playbook, which really is the nuts, nuts and bolts of this whole process of building a proven business. So we're excited to be here. I live in Los Angeles. I've lived here for oh, th almost 36 years um, with my wife, my two daughters, and our two dogs. And we're actually venturing and moving out of LA a couple hours. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, and that's, interestingly enough, so much of my own AQ and EQ has been going on around moving. <laughs> right and getting situated and um you know the whole idea of packing the whole, whole idea of uh, getting myself involved in a puppy like i'm actually becoming <laughs> a parent for the first time again what was i thinking uh, so there's a lot of these tools that we're going to talk about especially with aq and eq that we're going to talk about today which really it's not just about your proven business but it's about every aspect of your life so nat Let's do this. I am super excited. Uh, and I would just echo what you're saying. And this conversation of AQ and EQ, we can't teach you enough today in our small segment here. This is going to be something that you can learn and grow and develop. I think 
probably about 12 or 13 years ago, Mitch, when I first started inside of community-based marketing is when I was like, man, what do I need to do to grow myself, to become a better leader for those around me, to become a better leader for my family, to be able to grow my business? And I started reading and reading and studying and studying. And I came across this idea of emotional intelligence and adaptability and I started to put it into practice. And the interesting thing is, Mitch, I don't know about you, but it's not something I've mastered. I actually bumped into a situation, I think it was like Monday, like three days ago, where I just like totally was frazzled and and, and I had to be like, oh crap, <laughs> suck it back in, you know, take a breath, think about it. How do I need to respond rather than react to this situation? So the cool thing is it's ever evolving. Neither Mitch or I have arrived. We're right alongside you guys learning and growing and developing in these things. But what we're going to teach you guys today, I promise you, if you put it into effect, it will not only affect your business here at Prove It, but the coolest thing about Prove It is we want to make your whole life better, right? We want to work on your whole picture as your person. If you are uh, working a full-time job, it will affect you in your full-time job. If you're a parent, it will affect you in your parent or in your parenting. If you're in a relationship, I promise if you put this into practice uh, in your relationship, it will make a big impact. So I'm super excited. Mitch, why don't we start with the definition? Why don't we get real clear on what AQ is and what EQ is before we start rolling? Well, listen, um, the Emotional intelligence, and it's really, I think it's really uh, uh, emotional wisdom, is the ability to, to really be able to manage more effectively the emotions that come up for us during the course of a day as we deal with stuff, as we deal with life. And I think that's an important factor because what a lot of times happens is, is that we have a lot of unresolved things that stem sometimes all back to our childhood, sometimes stem back to something that happened last week. So the brain registers these experiences along with the emotions that are stored in your body so we can actually recreate a story that happened three days ago right here and now just by thinking about it, just by entertaining it. So our stuff is going to come up. I always say nobody escapes stuff regardless of whether it's prove it or in your, in your personal life or in other professional areas of your life. Nobody is, we all have stuff. So the question becomes, you know, what are the things that we can do to move through our ability to understand what it is that we're feeling and manage it in a way that doesn't mean that we have to resolve it, but that we at least have an understanding of why we are reacting the way we are acting or why we've reacted in the past. So that if we see ourselves reacting in a situation that is relatable to our proven business, that we can pause, we can take a breath and we can say, okay, in the past, this is how I would have reacted based upon the emotions that get stirred inside of me, but I've been able to really make sense because that's the key factor when it comes to the triggers that happen to us in life. It's not about whether or not we figured out exactly why this particular thing happened or what the inciting incident that created all this. In essence, it really doesn't matter. What matters is, are we able to make sense intellectually? That's the, that's the emotional intelligence part is are we able to make sense intellectually about why those experiences occurred? And can we be understanding and gentle with ourselves that it's very natural 
to have entertained certain types of feelings that come up in these types of circumstances. Now, the key, the key component is, are we reacting or are we responding to those emotions? Are we becoming those emotions? Are we getting swallowed up by those emotions? Or are we able to identify that and say, in the past, I reacted this way. Moving forward, I'm going to respond this way. So that's the emotional intelligence aspect. The adaptability quotient, the AQ, ultimately feeds off of emotional intelligence. There has to be some level of emotional intelligence, emotional wisdom, in order for us to adapt to situations and circumstances. So the adaptability is, here's a set of situations and circumstances that I'm being presented, and how do I move out of, as a leader, both for myself and with other people, how do I move out of the story of what happened and adapt to it and move into a solution? And AQ is really in many, in many ways is a muscle that we have to develop. We have to keep catching ourselves because the emotional triggers are so embedded for so long that it happens like that. So we have to be able to pause, take a breath and say, okay, I hear the story of what's going on here. Now I want to adapt to a solution and what might that be? So first and foremost, I'm modeling that by my own behavior. But I'm also modeling that for folks on my team as well. Sweet. So we've got the definitions, right? AQ, adaptability, EQ, emotional intelligence. Let's go through and like unpack emotional intelligence and give people some real practical things that we can be doing on a daily basis as provers inside of our business to really develop that emotional intelligence. And one thing that you mentioned, you said triggers. And so... I'm going to say a few things that you guys are probably bumping into maybe on a daily basis, maybe on a uh, every few days basis. What if you get a phone call, Mitch, and it is your brand new, which by the way, I just saw a video that said, if you're old, this is how you signal a telephone. Do you see what I'm doing? But if you're young, this is how you signal a telephone. And I just realized I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a call and somebody says, oh my gosh, I, I just, all three of my customers have not gotten their order yet and they are all really upset and what are we going to do about it, Mitch? That could be a trigger inside of your prove it business. You might get somebody who says, hey, I'm super excited. I'm ready to place an order. I want to take advantage of that 25% off sale or that 22% off sale or that flash product that just came up, but they call you and they say, Mitch, I just went to get on the website and I'm very upset because guess what? That new flash flavor is gone. It's no longer available. It's sold out and I'm upset. What are we going to do about it? That can be a trigger for some people. Sometimes it's team stuff. If you're building a business, I have to tell you, yes, we sell ketones, but guess what? We are in the people business. And one of the interesting things that we got to learn, Mitch, is where there's people or puppies, there's poop. <laughs> where there's people, there's poop. And so when you're leading teams and when you're growing a business and when you're collecting people that are on the path to better, there will be things that come up. There will be bumps to like, man, Mitch, Sally said this and I didn't like it. Or, hey, 
I expected so-and-so to react a certain way or to respond a certain way, and they didn't, man. And that just rubs me raw, and I am upset about it. So let's talk about, Mitch, real specifically, any one of those triggers. It might be your spouse says something that triggers you. It might be your kids. I mean, y'all, if anybody's married up in here, you know that your spouse can trigger you and your kids can trigger you. Maybe it's your mother-in-law can trigger you. So when those triggers come up, number one, how do we identify the feeling? And then two, how do we sort of take that feeling captive and get ourselves together before we make decisions? Well, I, I mentioned it earlier and it really is, it's something that's been really, really helpful for me. And I actually saw it, speaking of puppies, I actually saw our trainer model it the other day when giving an instruction to both of our dogs is she actually gave an instruction and as the dog hesitated, she took a breath. <sighs> now that breath is really, really powerful because what that breath does, it brings you back to the present moment. It allows you a uh, grace and a period of time to be able to kind of regroup in the moment to what is being shared with you or what you're going through. Because we all have triggers during the course of the day. None of us escape being triggered by stuff. And truthfully, that's the only way we know where our own work is by where we're getting triggered. So I call those, you know, suck so good moments where <laughs> something happens and you're like, oh man, and you just, you know, and, and I go, okay. Okay, so how do I utilize this experience for my growth and upliftment? How do I use this in a way that actually takes me out of the story that I'm running and allows me to propel myself into a solution? Because if you, these are constant adjustments that we're making during the course of the day, because everyone gets triggered every day. It just happens. It's just part of it. As Natalie said, sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes it's a spouse. Sometimes it's, you know, it, it, it could be, you know, you're driving on the road and someone upsets you on the road. These triggers are everywhere. So the question then becomes is, can we pause? Can we allow ourselves a little bit of grace? Can we take a breath? And can we start to think about what can I do to go from story? I'm upset because this happened. I'm upset because he said this, she did this, whatever. How do we move from that I'm upset because into, well, what's the outcome that we're ultimately looking to create? What's the solution that's available to us? Now, the goal is to be able to practice that in the course of our day. In, and a lot of times what I instruct people to do is, why don't you just keep a, even if you're using your phone or you like a pad of pe uh, paper and a pen, whatever's most convenient for you, is just kind of monitor your day. Just like people monitor their day for different things that are going on, monitor your day uh, in the different areas that you get triggered. Now, triggering could be anything from, wow, that feels uncomfortable, to completely <laughs> losing it on your kids. And anywhere <laughs> in between, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's, the, it's really, a trigger is anything that upsets your peacefulness. So if you could make a note because this is really going to be helpful and we'll, we'll reiterate this at, and repeat this at the end because this is important, is to be able to, to pause and to write down what happened and what it is that you're, what's the feeling that you're feeling and what it is that, that you're, you're ultimately upset about. That creates a dynamic where you can start to see just how often throughout the day 
not only uh, how often you get triggered, but what it is that triggers you and if there's a pattern to it. And the goal is, and I want to be super clear here, Natalie and I, you know, we have our stuff too. We get triggered every day too. The goal here is not to, oh, wow, I'm never going to be triggered again. <laughs> that's, that's not in the cards. What you're going to find, and this is how I want you to monitor your success with this, is I'm triggered less often. And when I am triggered, it's for shorter durations of time. So the fight with your spouse that maybe creates a scenario where you don't talk for a day turns out to be a half a day. Okay, well, that's heading, <laughs> that's heading in a better direction, right? So it's triggered less often than when you are for shorter durations of time. And don't get angry by the trigger. Don't add that in. Look at it as an opportunity that somehow, okay, there's some work here for me to do. There's some understanding that's available to me in this moment to be able to address and look at. And, and I always say, use everything for your growth and upliftment. Use everything that's for you that can actually propel you and drive you forward. So those are going to be some of the things that I do, that I recommend people do during the course of a day. So we start to identify the things in, in the world that kind of are upsetting to us. Someone texted me, you know, earlier and said, you know, I'm having this experience and they're thinking there's something to the experience that, that just happened. And I'm saying, no, it, it probably happened like a week ago. It probably happened three years ago. And it's now just kind of settling in. You're having this experience. Don't fret. This is all good. We can work with this. And this is the kind of stuff that creates the intelligence around your emotions that you allow yourself that grace to go through the experience of the emotion without being swallowed by the emotion, without being consumed by the emotion, without in many situations for a lot of people thinking they've become the emotion. Yeah. I'll give you guys my best tip. I, this has, this Brian taught me this and I think Mitch reiterates it all the time to me. So for me personally, inside of business, right? If I get the trigger of, all of my customers are waiting on product or everybody is upset about this issue or nobody can get on the website, right? Like it feels like this giant, I think Brian uses the word globalization. Like it feels like this giant globalization when somebody calls and says that to you, or you might be the one that's triggering other people by using the globalizational words that are all everybody it's all the time it's never right right so bringing it back down to facts one of the things that has helped me absolutely change my eq as far as how i start to proceed once a, a issue is brought to me is i ask for the facts so if somebody calls me and says nat all three of my customers are waiting on product they're very upset okay Here's what we're going to do. We're going to gather the facts, write that down, gather the facts. What are the products that each of your customers are waiting on? Gather the facts, figure out what that is. When did the customers order? And then we're going to use those facts to come to the solution. We're going to get into, uh, you're going to get on your prove it pulse and you're going to see if there's a hold. Wouldn't that be interesting if there's a hold on one product and somehow randomly all three of those customers are waiting on that product. I now have the solution to that thing and I can let them know, hey, 
let me give you some details about what's on hold right now. We're waiting on these flavors. So therefore there's a hold or, Hey, you can switch out a product if you'd like. But if you don't gather the facts, what can happen is somebody brings me the globalization statement of everyone's waiting on the product. I get triggered by it. So then I bring the globalizing statement to Mitch, my upline. And I say, Oh my gosh, Mitch, all of my customers are waiting on something. What did I just do? I just passed the drama right on to Mitch. I just took something that I could have probably taken a deep breath, gathered the facts, handled the situation, but instead I brought more people into it. Uh, so I would just tell you on my end, one of the best thing that's helped me is gather the facts. And this can work in everything. When your kids come to you super upset, gather the facts. If you have an argument with your spouse, or your significant other or somebody you're in a relationship with, a lot of times, this is one that Mitch taught me, and Mitch, I'd love to talk through this one real quick. Mitch taught me the phrase, if it upsets me, it's about me. And so when I'm really upset about something, guess what? It's not because Corey didn't load the dishwasher correctly. It's because I feel like, you know, he doesn't love me because we've been married for 20 years. And if he doesn't know how to load the dishwasher correctly, then he doesn't care about me. <laughs> it's gathering the facts on what's actually happening versus what I can see with my eyes. What I see with my eyes is the dishwasher isn't loaded correctly. But what's actually happening is I have to gather my own facts on what that makes me feel like. So therefore, I can even go to him and say, hey... I'm not going to, we're not going to fight about the dishwasher, but what we should talk about is how I felt during that situation or how I perceive that you're treating me during that situation. So Mitch, talk to us about if it upsets me, it's about me and getting really to the core of what we're dealing with. We're not talking about the dishwasher. We're not talking about slow shipping. We're not talking about the kids didn't pick up their clothes. What are we really talking about here? Well, you know, anything that upsets me is about me is, is a, a phrase that I learned uh, when I was going through uh, my master's program in, uh, in, in spiritual psychology, which is the study and practice of conscious awareness. So it, it becomes an opportunity for me to be able to take ownership of the things that are upsetting to me. And it, it, it forces people to get out of the blame game and look for someone who is responsible for it. Because a lot of what is going on, what Natalie's talked about, a lot of what is going on is projection. People are projecting their stuff onto other people. And it's contagious. And I'm going to flip it back to Natalie in a second, talk a little bit about the drama triangle. But the, but the concept of, of understanding how that projection works is critical because globalizing is a huge, huge thing that people do. No pun it, intended. It's huge. It's, it's huge. huge. It's global. Huge. It's global. It's, <laughs> it's global. But here's the thing. And I always do this because I like to break the state that someone's in. They go, everybody can't do this. Nobody can do this. And I'll say, who's everybody? And there's always a pregnant pause and they'll go, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so guilty of it myself. <laughs> so it's usually one person or two people. It's not everybody but it actually feeds and fuels your own anxiety around something that perhaps you're fearing about your business, something that you're fearing about your life. 
So there's always something that's going on behind the scenes. And that's really the point that we talk about here with respect to emotional intelligence is to have that awareness, to have that ability to look at yourself with a level of discernment that doesn't require someone having to be wrong. And that may be someone, maybe that other person or you, right? That, that there is a situation or circumstance that's going on that I'm reacting to. And what, what do I need to do to get from that reaction to respond to it so that I can move into a state where I start to seek a solution? So when Natalie talks about gathering the facts, it's a super important opportunity for someone to, because what are you really doing when you're gathering the facts? You're, you're causing someone to calm down. You're causing someone to slow down. You're getting them out of that heightened fight or flight reactionary place, which is where they're at, which is why they called and which is why there's panic. And you're helping them to kind of, in many ways, re-regulate themselves. Now, sometimes I have to do this for myself. Sometimes I'm triggered and I'm noticing that I'm triggered. And in that very moment that I'm triggered, my wife says, are you open to feedback? Well, guess what? <laughs> when I'm no. triggered, the last thing I'm open to is feedback. So I will say to her in potentially the nicest way I can in that moment, not right now. Sometimes it sounds a little harsher than that. And <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> but the idea is, is that I want to take a pause. Like we all need to take a pause when these things happen. When, so, when you get a phone call that doesn't go as well as you thought, when someone's upset about something, and you know whether it's they missed a rank thing or something happened with customer support, whatever that is, we have to kind of get to that place where we, where we train ourselves to be able to understand what it is that, that we're experiencing and not allow ourselves to become reactionary because once their situation causes that upset in us, that upset is now about me. So Nat, talk a little bit about the drama triangle and just kind of maybe give an example of how of where it starts and then how it trickles down and how it really does globalize <laughs> and expand. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of the philosophy of you can either be like water on the fire and be putting the fire out, or you can be fuel on the fire uh, when it comes to emotional intelligence. And it is very easy. Imagine this you know, the Bermuda Triangle, the vortex that's sucking people in. Do you know how easy it is to be sucked into the vortex of drama? I mean, you've probably experienced this at your kid's school, in your neighborhood. We just had this vortex drama triangle in our neighborhood on an email thread. It was literally the most entertaining thing I've seen since March. <laughs> I mean, it was one person started and then another person commented and then another person and then it was just like Bleh. i mean everybody was just in there with their opinion and what's interesting is in that email thread that i just experienced no one stopped to gather the facts no one said hey let's go back to solution if this is the issue that we're all having how can we all participate in the solution what it was is, oh, my friend Mitch believes like I believe, so let me get him in here to give his opinion. And my other neighbor, Sally, believes the same thing I believe, so let's get her in here to dogpile in on the issue. And it's so easy. We can create the drama triangle ourselves by calling people to air our grievances, to just trash talk prove it. We can do it to trash talk customer service. We can do it to trash talk each other. Hey, let me tell you about my upline. 
they're not doing this or they are doing this or they're not like somebody else that I'm watching. That does not serve you and that does not serve the person that you're talking to. Imagine being the person who's taking that in, who you call and you just dump your drama on them. Do you feel like you set them up to have a really happy, well-adjusted, awesome day? Or did you just set them up to have this like, oh, that didn't feel good. And man, I need to snap out of the funk because I just got a phone call from that person. You don't really want to be that way to somebody else. And so two things, Mitch, I would encourage people to do is in the drama triangle, number one, do not be the person that starts the drama triangle. If you have the ability to stop, to gather the facts and put water on the fire, do it. Be the problem solver. A great quote I read, read a long time ago was, the person that solves the most problems makes the most money. It's not the person that creates the most drama. It's not the person that is behind the scenes stirring things up. It's the problem solvers in the world that make the most money. And I don't know about you, Mitch, but here at Prove It, we have a uh, rewards plan behind us and we want to make money. So I'm encouraging you to be the problem solver inside of your business, inside of your team. So one, control yourself, right? I'm not going to be the drama starter. I'm not going to be the one that when I have issues, I throw that in my team thread on Facebook or I text a few of my teammates and get them involved in my drama. Don't do it. I would suggest highly that you have a champ that you are working with, that you have a relationship with, where you can just say, hey, Mitch, I'm, I'm not wanting to create a drama, tri drama triangle. I have some facts and I need some help getting to a solution. Could you help me with that? That is a much different conversation than talking to three or four people and then it's trickling down line or trickling up line and you created a situation. So when it's you, when you have something that you cannot solve, gather the facts and talk to a champ and say, hey, I need your help in this. So that's number one, control yourself. And then number two, you have to be mindful not to be pulled into something else. Because uh, as leaders, it is very likely that you're going to be getting the calls saying, hey, this isn't working out right, or I have confusion with this, or I'm concerned about this. And as a leader, do not get pulled into the drama triangle of somebody else. Mitch and I had a situation, this was months ago, where somebody called me. There was a situation happening and somebody called me and they're like, hey, Nat, I need you to come in and deal with this situation. Like, this is the situation happening. I'm not sure what to do. I need you to deal with this, Nat, because you're our leader. I need you to help me with this. So I called Mitch because Mitch is a, uh, he's my coach. And I said, Hey, listen, this is the facts. This is the details. This is the situation. How do you see this playing out? What's the best thing that I can do to handle this? And guess what Mitch said? Mitch said, enable them to lead themselves. And I was like, I mean, I don't often give him genius credit, but it was a real genius move. So wait, say, wait, say that one more time. What, what, uh, listen, you me it's, what? On, it's on record. You can just, you can <laughs> rewind and rewatch that as often. Just that as little clip. <laughs> but he, he gave me the advice of Natalie, you are not responsible for solving the issue. The best thing that you could do is call that person back, 
give them some ideas, give them some ways to respond, but allow them to lead. Empowering them to lead themselves through the conflict was the best thing that I could have done. Because guess what? That girl called me back and she's like, oh my gosh, I did it. I handled the conflict. It went better than I expected. I would have been stifling her growth if I would have just overrode the situation and took care of it myself. I could have, I could have called and said, Hey, I've heard about this. Here's what we're going to do to fix it. Like let's, let's, you know, do these steps to resolve the issue. Let's relationally fix it. Okay. Everybody's good. And I could have hung up, but I would have robbed that girl of the ability to grow in her own leadership. So as a leader, one thing that you can do is rather than being pulled in the vortex of the drama triangle as the fixer or the rescuer or the, you know, I'm coming in as the superhero to solve this, equip people with the resources, with the skills, with some language maybe, and then send them back in to solve their own problem, which works incredibly well, Mitch, when we're talking about kids. When you've got kids and they're fighting and battling, guess what, mom? or dad, you can't always step in and say, let me solve the problem myself. What would be awesome is when you get the complainer coming to you, you help the complainer kid gather the facts. What do we need to do? What's the solution with your sister to go make this right? And then you bump them on the bottom and you send them back in there and you empower them to create the solution with their sibling. And I'm telling you, that life skill that your baby will develop will follow them into school and into college and into jobs where they're like, oh, I didn't need my mom or my dad to always be the mediator in every situation. I learned the skill and how to mediate myself. And so that's the thing that we can as leaders, Mitch, be passing through our team. You don't always have to put on the cape and ride in and save the day equip them with language and resources and maybe some skills or maybe, Hey, that's happened to me before. Let me tell you how I work through that. And then you send them back in and you're still the coach. You're still on the sidelines. You're still helping. You're still encouraging them. You still are willing to get involved if you need to, but empowering people to lead themselves inside of situations will help you over and over and over because guess what when that situation comes up again they don't think oh i need to call natalie natalie has to do this for me because she did it for me last time they'll think oh i already have the skills and resources and the ability to solve it myself therefore i'll go and do it and i can tell you as a leader building a big team you do not want to be the go-to for all these little things you empower them to do it. And then you get to sit back like a proud coach and be like, yes, they're doing it. Uh, do you have anything to add, Mitch, on empowering people through the drama triangle to really take care of things themselves, be the blanket on the fire? Absolutely. And, and I also want to, I want to clarify because I think um, in, the, in the process of talking about some of this, sometimes it can almost sound a little too clinical. So I want to add a word in here that is super important and a step that's super necessary when someone reaches out to you and is running that I'm upset because fill in the blank, yeah. whatever it is. And that's called empathy, right? Empathy is not enabling. Empathy is allowing somebody what I would reference as the dignity and the process of their experience and the feelings that they're going through, allowing them to have what it is. So the idea is, is that step is critical because we don't want to immediately go, well, what's the solution? 
when they're upset because there's no logic found in emotion. So yeah. if somebody's really emotional and you come back with them with something really super logical, it just doesn't relate. So it's going to, one, they're not going to know what to do with it. Two, they're going to ultimately feel as if the experience of not being heard is going to be present for them as well. So allowing somebody to have what they're going through. Yeah, I can see how that would be upsetting. I know a situation like that happened to me one time or 10 times, and I remember being upset by it as well. So I totally get what it is that you're experiencing. That's really and good. Then here, and then here comes the word, and <laughs> so it's it, it's being empathic. Which the alternative, yep. for, for maybe somebody that's new and don't know our ands and buts, the alternative yep. is saying, I hear that you're upset, but it's not necessary. Or I hear right. that you don't like that, but the and explain how powerful that and is sure. rather than the but. When you use but as a bridge, it discounts everything you said before. So it starts off really nice, but then again, you're, <laughs> you're basically saying, but I'm not really interested in how you're feeling. I'm I love you, but we're going to do it this way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the and is, and is a more gentle bridge to moving into a solution where a person feels heard. A person feels like their feelings and their experiences have been validated. Now, you don't have to agree with whatever somebody is going through. You don't have to go, gosh, I have no idea what they're talking about. You will find many situations in both your personal and professional life where someone is having an experience and you don't know what's going on. It'll happen. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, gosh, there isn't a planet in the universe that I would have ever said what this person is implying that I said. And can I just go along with it because this is their experience? and not have to get defensive. So what we want to do is we want to be empathic, okay, because that's not enabling. What we don't want to do is we don't want to in enable um, a level of destructive behavior that begins to spread throughout your team, begins to spread throughout your family, begins to spread throughout your community. So we want to allow all of that. You know, you can't, I always say, you can't inspire leadership. You know, Natalie was saying, we we're talking about going back and saying to the person, listen, here's some ideas and thoughts. I think it would be really super powerful for you as a leader to go back and have this level of conversation with the person. I'm here to support it. I just think there's tremendous value for you as a leader to be able to engage in this way. Because here's the deal. You can't inspire leadership in other people if you're doing all the leading. Amen. And if and if people look to you as as that person, because the goal here in Prove It, just like the goal is in life, is to be able to find your sweet spot, find what Natalie calls your gift zone, and be able to double, triple down on it, and then look for the what are the gift zones in other people so that we're now empowering people to lead at a higher level. Because in order for this thing to continue to grow and to create the kind of growth that we're all looking for. We need more people leading at a higher level. So that's going to be a really powerful component. So this, we talk about it more at LCD, Leadership Coaching Dynamic, is about that, that concept of empathy as a leader, as someone. In, and you may not, you know, sometimes people say, I, oh, I don't necessarily see myself as a leader. Look, you got out of bed. It, hopefully you brushed your teeth. You took a shower. You got dressed. You're a leader, okay? <laughs> You're a leader. Trust me on that. Um, so the question then becomes, how do you empower other people to step forward in the pursuit of their own greatness? Because that's how this thing has a long tail. 
That's how this whole concept, this whole experience improve it creates a longevity. And that's what we want to focus on. So the goal is not to enable behavior. We don't let people go on and on and on and on, but we really do want to empathize with what people are going through. We, we do because we, we all get upset from time to time and we all want to be heard and we all want to be acknowledged. We all want to know that it's okay to have our feelings without being judged for them. And once that occurs, we want to gradually move people into a place where they get out of the story that they're running and get into a solution that's going to work for them and for others. And as Natalie said, the celebration at the end, when that person does and actually follows direction and goes and has that, what I call from time to time, the uncomfortable conversation, and is willing to do that. And they see that despite what the past has always told them about those types of conversations, yeah. that it's really a confrontation that, wow, this really was just a conversation. And now I've not only uh, empowered this other person, but I've empowered myself. I've built a level of confidence in myself, a level of emotional intelligence in myself that tells me through practical application, not just through the thought or the fear that something could go wrong, that I can actually do this. I mean, the it's just so good. It's just so good. Do y'all see why? At the top of the training, we said, this isn't something that you're going to master in one training. This isn't something that you just like wake up and you're like, I am emotionally the most intelligent person you've ever met. <laughs> this is something that you get to, you get the ability to work on this forever in so many areas of your life. So let's talk about AQ. We talked about we talked about EQ, emotional quotient, your emotional intelligence, your ability to receive information and process that and then not react, but respond. One of the greatest parts about having proper EQ is having great AQ, because I can just tell you, if you're a human being on planet Earth, your expectations are not being met in every area of your life. We expect our day to go one way and it gets flipped on its hind end, right? We expect the conversation to go one way and it takes a sharp left turn and goes another way. We expect uh, for people to respond or react in a certain way and they don't. Uh, and that's where AQ comes in. I've got written down AQ is your ability to adapt and thrive in any environment. And I can, it's just one of those things where you just know, you just, if you have anything going on in your life, especially in today's day and age, we are all in the uh, ever changing process of what the world looks like. And the people that are adapting the quickest, the people that are adapting the easiest, the people that have the ability to, quickly change courses and make decisions and move forward are the people that I feel like are most successful inside of Prove It and really inside of life. So this looks like uh, your ability to adapt to, I thought that, I thought that person was going to order and they told me they weren't going to order. How am I going to adapt myself to that conversation? That looks like I thought I was going to be able to attend that event, but COVID happened and I'm not going to be able to attend that event anymore. How, how am I going to adapt to that? That looks like I thought my spouse was going to treat me or do a certain thing and they didn't. 
How am I going to adapt myself to that situation? That looks like you get a flat tire on your way to the store. How are you going to adapt to that situation, Mitch? So let's talk about AQ. I mean, we have the ability to practice AQ nearly every minute of every day, <laughs> it feels like. So what is AQ? How can we use that to our advantage? And how do we really tie in like the EQ component with the ability to be adaptable to really create some big wins? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so once we have, um, and I'm, I'll call this a level of mastery because we're all in a process of mastery. Um, and we're all at different places along that path. So in the process of, of creating a level of mastery around the emotional intelligence, what that does is it frees us from the reactions of the past so that we can see where we're going as we move forward. AQ creates the freedom to manifest whatever it is that you want. It creates the freedom to manifest what you is that you want, what it is that you want to create here at Prove It and anywhere else in your life. So it's really a bridge. So once you're free from the pull to react the way you've reacted previously from the upset, I'm upset because that always accompanied it, and to be able to look at it, now the freedom becomes, okay, so what are some of the solutions that are available to us? So one of the ways that I always want to encourage people to, um, to kind of create um, a, a smoother transition to that bridge is to move out of what I often reference as expectation and move into greater intention around what you're doing. So the idea is that if you're expecting things to go a certain way, you're also creating an environment where anything short of that means you failed. Yeah. If you're expecting to hit a rank by such and such event and you don't, you perceive that you failed. If you're if you're if your expectation is the person is going to order by the time we get off the phone and they don't, you believe that you failed. So there's no room for the freedom to manifest and reframe the experience of what just took place. So I always find that it's that that when you set an intention you get out of expectation and you get out of time frame because we don't always know our own divine timing. We don't know when things are going to happen. We don't know when things are going to kick in. I've learned to trust my own divine timing and not rush things. So just to give you a personal private example, we had been house hunting for a period of time and the clock was ticking for a certain series of reasons that we had to find something. And we would go and we would look at something and I would watch my kids kind of rationalize this part of the house versus that part of the house, the inside versus the outside. And they go, what do you think dad? I go, Nope. And they're like, what? And I go, no, this isn't it. So it was the internal mechanism inside of me that trust, right. To trust that the, I'm setting the intention to manifest this particular type of house. And I'm not going to settle along in the process. And I'm going to trust my decision to say no. I'm going to trust in my ability to say, no, I don't need to conform in this thing. I don't need to compromise here. And everybody, boy, oh boy, daddy took the heat for many, many weeks. Said, <laughs> well, you didn't like that, daddy. Well, you didn't like that. Now we're actually moving to a house. Everybody's losing their mind because when I walked in, I told them all this, when you, when you walk in, you'll know it. You'll know that you're home. And it's exactly what transpired. So by setting the intention and not getting into expectation and by eliminating timeframes, 
And by doing all that, you're able to then monitor and to be able to see the progress that you've made. So the reframe in many situations become, wow, I didn't hit rank six by such and such event. And look at the momentum that I've gained in my business. Look how much further along I am as a result of setting that intention for myself. Look how many other people's lives were touched. Look at the contribution I've made to prove it. Look at the contribution I've made to the community. Look at the sense of of excitement that I've created in the team because now other people are following my lead and setting that level of intention and their businesses are growing. And trusting the ultimate divine timing and always say it's going to be what it is that you want or something better. It always is, folks. It's always what you want or it's something better. So the, the ability to adapt is, and you cannot assume that everybody and anybody on your team should just adapt because you figured out how to do it for yourself. You have to understand uh, AQ is a muscle. It is a muscle that you must work out in order for it to grow. So part of what I talked about in the beginning, Nat, when we said, you know, write down the areas in your life where you're triggered and you're running, yeah. I'm upset because, and what are the feelings and What's the experience and understanding, like, where does this show up? It also comes down to, okay, now, what are my options based upon the situation and circumstance? What are some of the other choices that I can make now as a result of it? What are some of the benefits? What are the th- some of the things that I can actually be grateful for that I normally wouldn't assign gratitude to this particular situation? But now that I'm able to kind of step back, take a breath and look at it, go, oh, I can see how that allowed me to move further and faster if I would have done nothing or understanding if I would have stayed in expectation, how everything that I accomplished would have somehow been seen as a failure because I didn't do what I said I was going to do because I didn't meet the expectation that I set for myself or for other people. So that ability to adapt is a muscle that you must practice. You must practice. And I'm not kidding like daily. You're going to be faced with challenges every single day in your life and your ability to practice the muscle and stop and move forward. Do not assume that everybody has that muscle because a lot of people don't. And it's, it's something that people have to acquire. But what are you doing as a leader to be able to support people in growing that adaptability to transition? How do we, how do we make this work regardless of the situation and circumstance? understanding that there are gifts and there are benefits within all of it that we want to be able to address. Absolutely. I've got two tips that I'm going to share with you guys on adaptability. Uh, One thing that we talk about a lot and all the time improve it is how much language matters. Language matters in your adaptability. Uh, You know, it might not be plan A that works out. It might not be plan B that works out. Maybe you're on plan F, right? Or maybe you feel like you're holding on and you're on plan X, Uh, but your language matters. Uh, Mitch mentioned the situation of maybe you had a goal to be at a certain rank before a certain time period and you didn't make it. The language that you use to describe the situation to yourself and to those around you will matter in your long-term success. If I use the language like what Mitch was saying, you know what? I didn't hit that goal that I set for myself, but guess what I do see? I do see 
I'm super grateful for the lives that I've changed. I'm super grateful for the momentum that I've created. I'm super grateful for this and that. And man, the skills that I've learned and developed, that's what's going to push me over the edge. It's not the rank that is going to make you, uh, you know, a more fruitful or more or a better person. It's the skills that you learn along the way. So when you focus on the positive things that are happening in the process, it will change your entire outlook. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the phrase before, like whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. How many times do we get into a situation like maybe you get a flat tire on the road? Like that's not convenient. Nobody likes that. Nobody wakes up and thinks like, oh, I hope I get a flat tire on the road. But what would your perception or what would your personal feelings be if in that moment you spoke gratitude of, I'm so thankful that it happened in this neighborhood and not going 75 miles an hour down the highway, it could have been something, you know, bad, man, I'm so thankful that I've got a friend that's willing to come by and help me and pick me up. I'm so thankful that there's people that drive tow trucks that can tow me away and there's people that can fix my vehicle. Or I can be on the side of the road, crabby, angry, grouchy, upset. And guess what? That changes myself, right? Remember EQ, I'm responsible for my feelings. But guess what? If I'm feeling like that, I'm on the phone with my husband like that. I'm on the phone with the pickup truck people like that. I'm on the phone with the service center like that. Nobody likes dealing with people like that. So all of those little situations give us the ability to control the language that we're using to describe the issue. It's life isn't going to go our way all the time. We already know that this is the truth. So how we describe what's happening to us and how we receive the information and then how we give it back to other people through language. I'm just telling you, I promise you, I promise you, you will bump into a situation today where your AQ will be tested. You will need to shift and adapt because what you thought was going to happen isn't going to happen. What if, what if you just take those feelings captive for a minute and you say, okay, where's the, where can I be grateful in this situation? Where can I express like, man, I'm super grateful because this man, I'm stuck in the car with the flat tire, but guess what? I got to spend two hours with my 14 year old kid. <laughs> That we wouldn't have had that time if we wouldn't have been in the car. Like, I'm just telling you, you can find things to be grateful for if you're looking for it. So inside the adaptability, watch your language. Uh, the other thing that I would encourage you, one of my best tips for adaptability is a quote that I read. And it said, there is never a lack of resources. Never. There is never a lack of resources. There is only a lack of resourcefulness. And inside of those moments where we have to be adaptable and we have to shift and, you know, we have to create a new scenario for ourselves or our kids or our spouse or our team or our day, there is always the ability to be resourceful. And so ask for help, right? Ask for help. Uh, ask people, hey, this is the issue that I'm facing. What are some ways that I can be resourceful? be resourceful and solve this issue. Um, and the resources, when you really start looking, Brian says it all the time, something about mighty forces will come to your aid. I can't think of it now, but he does say it all the time. <laughs> mighty forces will come to your aid when you start to be resourceful, right? Who do I know that maybe has gone through this before that could come alongside me and help me in this situation? What have I dealt with in the past that would give me the 
uh, information that I can use to solve this issue? How can I slow down, gather the facts, become resourceful with the people, the, the resources around me, the things that I have access to? How can I be resourceful for this issue? And here's the coolest thing. We are inside of Prove It loaded with the most resources. It is like almost too much sometimes. Like we laugh that it's like, oh, there's a resource for that. There's a video for that. There is a link for that. There is a detail sheet for that. There is a product spec sheet for that. Oh, you want a certain flavor? We have a flavor for that. Oh, you want, you deal well in this situation by visual learning? Awesome. Here's a resource for you. Oh, you do better with uh, you know, reading, that's your modality of learning. Great. Here's a sheet for you. We have so many resources inside of Prove It that I don't think I've ever, Mitch, bumped into an AQ issue with Prove It where I have to be adaptable and change. And I don't have a person or a resource or the ability to source a solution for the problem. That's the coolest thing. And because we are a people business, your resources might be up right? It might be the people who you're working with who have gotten and proven a day longer than you have, or your resources might be downline. You might have, maybe you, somebody calls and they say, here's a great way to be resourceful in AQ. Hey, I've got somebody that wants to lose a hundred pounds by taking pure therapeutic ketones. Natalie, can you tell them your story? Well, guess what? I haven't lost a hundred pounds taking pure therapeutic ketones, but I can get resourceful and I can call a customer of mine who has lost 75 pounds to share their story. I can get resourceful and find a, uh, a um, oh, the name, the videos, our Inspire On videos. I can get resourceful and find an Inspire On video where somebody shares a story that would resonate with that person. So be resourceful. One, use your language well. Find ways to live in a state of gratitude no matter what is happening and changing and developing around you. I'm just telling you, your heart and your spirit will feel so much better residing in that state of gratitude. And then two, get resourceful. There is never a lack of resources, only a lack of resourcefulness. So Mitch, you want to tie a bow on AQ? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, the, it's a pretty strong, it's a pretty strong gift, I think, that we give to ourselves and we give to other people in the process of, um, of understanding how um, emotional intelligence, the emotional wisdom that we gain builds a level of self-confidence, of self-trust, of self-awareness uh, in our ability to make a different choice, to make an ability to be able to adapt, to adjust to what we were thinking, to adjust uh, uh, make a course correction in terms of the direction that we're going in. And I really do believe that, that in listening to Natalie and listening, you talk about it just keeps reminding me about it. About AQ is really the creates the freedom for us to manifest what it is that we want here, uh, in a really powerful way, because when you understand that there's plenty of, uh, uh your willingness to be resourceful, um, when you're, when you're looking for solutions and not having to necessarily be the one to have the solution. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. the greatest thing that we can say to each other, to someone who's new, to someone who's been here a while, is to say, you know what? That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But And why don't we find a solution together? Yeah. This notion of collaborating, this notion of, of deepening the level of connection 
that we have to each other within our community of being able, because we don't always have the answer, but what we do have is an unwavering desire to keep seeking better. We can't inspire people to become the best version of themselves if we're not doing that. And what AQ is all about is about activity. If mighty, mighty, what is it? Mighty forces will come to your aid. They will, they will co-create with you. They will not do it for you. So it requires the yeah. adaptability. The AQ means I'm going to take this level of action based on the situation and circumstances. I'm going to pay attention as I go because I may need to still course correct. And then those mighty forces will present themselves. But we have to be in motion. We have to be in action. We have to be in activity. And adaptability is what, is what pulls the, the trigger. It's the switch. Because if the, if the emotional intelligence isn't there, we do nothing or we do what we've always done. We do nothing or we do what we've always done. So we don't get to move forward. We're not now inspiring the people to become the best version of themselves because we've stopped ourselves from that. Nobody's interested in following that. Nobody's interested energetically in being a part of that. If people sense that you're not, you know, walking your talk and you're just saying, well, we inspire people to become the best version of themselves, but they see you freaking out about something. They're not necessarily saying, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> I want to work with that guy. <laughs> and that gratitude component is so critical because what, what it does is that, that bridge between emotional intelligence and the ability to, and the willingness and the choice to take action in terms of adapting is this, is this area of, gra uh, of gratitude. And I always do gratitude in three different ways. One is grateful for things in my life and I do it daily and it's never, here's the trick. It's never the same thing. It always has to be new. So it challenges you to remind yourself of other things that you're grateful for. And I learned this from doing this with my kids because you know, I finally caught on. I'd say, I want to see your gratitude list in the morning. And they would hand it to me and I go, wow, this is great. And I hand it back to them. And then the next day I say, you have your gratitude list? And they'd hand me the list. I go, yeah, it's the same thing. They literally just handed it from one day to the next. They were handling, they were hand, yeah, handing in the same test. They got a hundred in the day before. Oh no. So I said, hold on a second. I want you to go back. It doesn't have to be a million things, but I want you to write down three things that you're grateful for that you've never acknowledged before. So that's one. Two is grateful for things that are still on its way. I'm grateful for the things that are still coming and that are still on its way. And that third component I mentioned earlier, which is super, super important, is gr gratitude for situations and circumstances that when they happened, you were anything but grateful. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, my God, my world just fell apart. Oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever that you now have uh, uh, the ability from, from an AQ standpoint to look back and say, you know what, I'm really grateful for that because what it did is it challenged me to step forward in an area that I knew in my business that I was neglecting. It challenged me to step forward in an area of my business that I was afraid to move into. And I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have not have done it unless this thing that I was so banking on to happen didn't. Yeah. So there's gratitude everywhere. And, and all three of those types of those forms of gratitude will do one thing. They will always bring you back to the present moment. And the present moment is the greatest launching pad to make a different choice, to adapt to situations and circumstances, to feel the confidence, to feel the self-awareness, 
uh, to feel the joy in manifesting something that you've never created before. That it reminds me of this great country song. It, it talks about how grateful people are, how grateful this guy is for unanswered prayers. Yep. Like sometimes when you feel like things are crumbling around you, whether it's your finances, whether it's in your family, whether it's with, you know, a move that you thought or you didn't think was going to happen or circumstances outside of your control. Sometimes those become the greatest blessings where you're like, man, I see how that all lined up to actually bring me further faster than I could have if I got my own way the whole way. Uh, so it's amazing when you do look at circumstances, good, bad, or indifferent, when you look at them from a state of gratitude. I'm thankful for this challenge because I get to develop the skills that it will take to overcome the challenge, which then the next time you face that challenge, you're like, I got this. I already went through this. I already, I already, you know, cut the brush one time. Now I get to walk through this challenge really easily. So Mitch, I am so pumped. I mean, do y'all see how when you combine EQ, the ability to gather the facts, take in the information, take a breath, uh, develop some processes on how you're going to handle things, and then you combine it with the adaptability because those triggers are probably going to be the things that aren't quite going your way. They aren't the things that you're like, oh, that's exactly what I expected to happen. So when those things happen and then you bring in the component of AQ, your ability to identify, be grateful for whatever you're handed, and then change your course and keep moving forward. I think that's the most important thing in AQ. AQ isn't, I'm going to sit in this place and tell. AQ is moving forward, moving towards the goal. It might look like, uh, I saw this fun meme that was like, if this is where you are and this is your goal, it never looks like this. Oh, look, I made it. It usually looks like this crazy, wacky, yep. swirly pattern. But guess what? You're going to get there. And yep. if you transformation go the crazy, transformation wacky, is never a straight line. It's never a right? straight line transformation. So if you know you're going to be going like this, why didn't you go with a grateful heart? Why didn't you go with a great attitude? Why didn't you go with language that's going to not only build yourself up, but that's going to be a great example to those around you? I'm just telling you, Mitch, I've seen this in my own life. When I react differently, it changes my children. Like my girls develop those skills by watching me. Like I think it's so important for us as parents. Like you got all those little baby eyes watching you. And when they see you, take a breath, gather some facts, change course with a happy, grateful heart, it will make a big difference in how they develop those skills in your marriage, in your family, at your job. Maybe you've got somebody at your job that's just rubbing you the wrong way. Start utilizing these skills in that area. And you watch. You watch the whole situation change. Because when when I change, when my heart changes, when my attitude changes, the things around me change. It's just the coolest thing ever. So, uh, yeah. Mitch, let's talk about our... Um, our audit, how we're going to take some of these things and actually be mindful over the next days and weeks to be able to start picking out these things and making some changes. Cause we don't just want to talk about it. We want to be about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to reiterate and repeat because it's, I always say, I always talk about the three R's repetition, repetition, repetition. <laughs> that's, that's how this works. Um, and I mentioned it earlier and I, and I really want to encourage everybody who's listening in here to, really to, to 
it doesn't have to be a journal and it doesn't have to be some people like, Oh, I don't want to feel I don't, I'm not like a writer. I don't, I'm not interested in you getting what I'm interested in you is, is identifying during the course of your day, some of your trigger points, the things that you're running. I'm upset because fill in the blank. And remember, it can be anything. It can be anything that just, just doesn't kind of rubs you the wrong way or something that creates some kind of a full blown reaction or anything in between, because that is what a trigger is. It's upsetting your peacefulness. It's upsetting your calm. So what was the, what was the incident that occurred? What was the feeling that was present? And if there was a judgment that was there against yourself or against other people, just make a quick note of that. So what you start to do is you start to go, oh, wow, like I'm really starting to see just how powerful this experience of getting triggered is during the course of my day. I never really stopped and paused and really thought about it. I just figured out, well, that's the way life is. Yes, that is the way life is. <laughs> and if you want to change and not live every day to be the same day, the same day, the same day, and you want new things, better things, bigger things, more exciting things, greater contribution, greater opportunity. You're going to have to, if you keep doing everything the same way you've always done it, that's what you're always going to get. So if you're able to see those things, second part of that is also going, okay, once I've had a chance to calm down, what is, from an adaptability and AQ standpoint, what are some potential solutions that can be created and then identify like the power of the experience, the gratitude component within the experience that goes, wow, if this wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be thinking like this. It wouldn't be challenging me to think differently than I've always thought before to be able to acquire and do things I've never done before. See, that's the power of utilizing all this. Now you start to see a framework of your day, of your week, and you get to see how often this kind of takes you off your game or the intention that you've created because it creates stories, which are mostly distractions from actually going after making those adaptable moments matter and choosing a different course of action. So I'm a big proponent of those components and kind of documenting that. It doesn't have to be a journal. I'm not asking you to write, you know, the Gettysburg Address. I'm not asking you to, you know, to, to write a novel. But if you start to be able to see how often it happens, then you can start to go, okay, so how do I know the, now is the metric. Now that I'm going to do some of the things that Mitch and Natalie are talking about, and I'm going to shift what I'm doing and moving forward, am I noticing that I'm getting triggered less often? Mm -hmm. And when I do get triggered, it's for a shorter duration of time. Yeah. It's like building that muscle. When you're doing the bar for the first few times, it's so heavy and it's laboring and you have to work at it. That might be what the journal feels like. The journal or the, you know, just jotting it down feels a little heavy. But then guess what? You start developing the muscle of like, oh, I automatically recognize that. And I already have the skills to make the adjustment. And therefore, the, it gets lighter and lighter and lighter to where you can know like, oh, the phone's ringing and it's so-and-so. I'm prepared to be triggered and I'm going to head it off of the past before it even gets started. Uh, that's Hey, hey Nat, I just want to acknowledge that you just did several reps of bench pressing a pen. Oh, and I think listen, that's just hold on. Let me get two. <laughs> I mean, look, look at this. Well, actually, that, listen, that wouldn't I've... be the muscle that does that, but okay, go ahead. 
listen, I know you are really excited to do this training with me. So I am so thankful that I got to hang grateful. out with you. <laughs> that I got to hang out with you for a few minutes. I hope Prove It Nation, this has given you guys some some food for thought. It's given you some action steps as we get off of here. It's given you some really practical things that you can start applying right now. Like when you hang up from this uh, training, you're going to be able to use this stuff. So dig in. You might need to watch it one or two times. And like Mitch said earlier, we do LCD, Leadership Coaching Dynamics. If you like this, if you think like, man, this is something that I can use, you have got to get, I don't know if it'll be virtual. I don't know if it'll be in person, but uh, when we offer the LCD leadership coaching and dynamic, it is like a packed several days where you, it's not about, it's not about your neighbor. It's not about your husband. It's not about your kids. It's not about your job. It is about you. It's a couple days where you get to be selfish and really unpack a lot of this stuff for yourself where you can grow into that better version of yourself, where you feel like, man, I am on the path towards my own version of better. And um, you don't want to miss out on that. So Mitch Newman, you're absolutely awesome. I wish you uh, good luck with your dog and your adaptability with all of the joy <laughs> that that dog brings. Uh, thank you, you're thank absolutely you. awesome. You too, kid. Appreciate you. Okay. Love you guys. Bye, Prover Nation. Thanks for listening to Prove It's Playbook Podcast. If you enjoy better and want to learn more about championing the ketone conversation, join us next week for more tips, hacks, and game plans. We're putting you in, coach.